the only hope you have in a so-called country going down are, are rebels. And what I mean by that is people who care about other people. They're willing to go out and speak the truth to power, those things. I am a husband, a father, a lawyer, a Christian, and a proud Canadian. I started this series because it was clear that our nation needs truth. Not just another biased narrative, but real information of substance. We need access to facts and the freedom to think for ourselves. I'm Leighton Gray, and this is Gray Matter. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Gray Matter. You know, it was uh, American uh, satirist Mark Twain who once wrote that uh, a man goes bankrupt slowly and then all at once. And those of us who have lived through the last three years watching the erosion and destruction of our constitutional freedoms and human rights uh, perhaps have the same sense of what Mr. Twain was writing about back then. Uh, Our guest today is a man named John W. Whitehead, who has actually been focused in this space for now over 40 years. Uh, he's a constitutional lawyer and author and activist, um, and uh, he's written a couple of really incredible books that are going to be part of our reading list today, and so we're honored to have John with us to talk about his work, to talk about something called the Rutherford Institute that he's founded, and to, to really help us to understand how this expanding administrative state um, that has sort of corrupted all of our trusted ins- institutions is really destroying uh, Western society and Western civilization, everything that we, we hope to retain uh, as, uh, as societies in the West, both in the United States and Canada and elsewhere. Welcome to Gray Matter, John. It's really great to have you on the program. Thank you for having me on, sir. Yeah. I'm grateful for your books. Uh, just by way of background, people, uh, John is an attorney and author who has written and debated and practiced widely in the area of constitutional law and human rights. Uh, Mr. Whitehead's concern for the persecuted and oppressed led him in 1982 to establish the Rutherford Institute, which is a nonprofit civil liberties and human rights organization whose international headquarters are located in Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, John is deeply committed to protecting the constitutional freedoms of every American and the integral human rights of all people. Uh, and the Rutherford Institute has emerged as a prominent leader in the National Dialogue on Civil Liberties and Human Rights. Uh, so uh, we're honored to have John on the program to talk about this. Before we dive into uh, what he writes about in his books, uh, we're going to frame the conversation, as we always do, with some aphorisms. Um, because John's books talk about the progression of the administrative state, I thought it would be useful to maybe quote some of the American presidents who have presided over this. Firstly, Bill Clinton, who wrote, The road to tyranny, we must never forget, begins with the destruction of truth. Uh, Next, uh, his uh, successor, uh, uh, George uh, W. Bush, we need an independent media to hold people like me to account. Wow, is that ever true? Uh, Next, uh, the man who came after him, uh, President Barack Obama, said in December of 2009, the instruments of war do have a role to play in preserving the peace And yet this truth must coexist with another, that no matter how justified, war promises human tragedy. And of course, uh, Mr. Trump, President Trump, who wrote, our country is being run by incompetent people. (laughs) Would you agree with that, John? Uh, Well, I'd say incompetent to a certain degree, but also very corrupt. You know, there have been some uh, 
detailed studies in this country. There was one that uh, Princeton University and Northwestern University studied where basically money congregated in the United States where billionaires basically put their money and where, where they basically thrived. And they came to the conclusion it was Washington, D.C. Their conclusion, and it's very good, it's a good study, but they said that Washington, D.C. is run by 585 billionaires, basically, yeah. that most people do not realize it. It's basically what's been called the deep state. And that yeah. term came from a memo that was leaked in, the, about, I think it was 2015, by the FBI. Well, somebody in the FBI said that basically the United States is run by, run by the seventh floor group. In other words, underneath you know, under, underneath Washington D.C., and I knew there were there were I've, I've, like I said I've been given tours in Washington D.C. by some senators who would say things like John, there's things underneath you know D.C. You, you don't really know about, and they were hinting. One guy actually took me down a couple levels and showed me where these trains and buses are exiting, and I had no idea. And that's how the people in Washington D.C. can escape. They have a special escape place, by the way, if you look it up. It's called Mount Weather. And there's 70 of these kind of facilities around the United States. For the elite, let's say there's a nuclear war. They can escape underground. These are underground facilities where they hide out. Look up Mount Weather. The Washington Post actually did a story on it years ago. It's a little freaky because supposedly the American people, uh, the Constitution starts in this country. We, the people, do ordain and establish this Constitution. We're supposedly the government. But people forget that in the country. Our educational system in America has not done a good job of teaching the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, by the way, which are dynamite in terms of freedom. Wow. I mean, it's only 462 words, but it guarantees everything. Kids today in schools, I even talk to college students that have no idea what's in them. They're not taught anymore. And so it's not just incompetence. It's a, there's a lot of corruption. And then there was another study that came out of SMU University in this country, a very good study, where psychopaths congregated in America. And the conclusion by the professors was Washington, D.C. <laughs> so if those studies are true, America is run by people consumed with money who are psychopathic. And you can see it. I mean, the presidents you cited, every one of them initiated things that were so completely obliterating our, our rights. Right. I mean, they move their mouths at a certain time. But, you know, and Mark Twain, by the way, basically, said, he, it was a great quote. He said, the largest criminal class in America is called Congress. <laughs> uh, that's an actual quote. Yeah. And but he saw it early on. And I've seen it, by the way. Uh, I flew, flew in and out of Washington, D.C. for 40 years. And I've never seen so much corruption in one place as Washington, D.C., uh, there's no morality there, basically, and everything's about money. In fact, a really good senator, I can't tell you who he is, he took me to the speaking engagement. We were walking down a street in D.C., and some guy said, good morning. And he said, you know why that guy said good morning to you? And I said, why? Money. And I said, that's all it's about here. <laughs> and that is how D.C. operates. So money has a way of corrupting people, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it, by the way. I've, ha I've had people I've known who all of a sudden come into a lot of money and they 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 become different people basically they yeah. start looking down at people yeah. and the key to america and any free country canada is that the we're no better than the lowest people on the planet any of us 
We're here for one basic reason, and that's to help one another. And but we got to we have to be smart. The fellow who wrote our Bill of Rights, by the way, guaranteeing the freedom of speech that the government can't do secret surveillance on us and all that, which they violate continually now. He said, James Madison, we ought to mistrust all those in power. Right. Once you start bending your knee to any kind of ruler, you're going to get blasted. And once kids are taught that today with the digital heroin that they're basically addicted to today, staring at their cell phones, which, by the way, are run by agencies that work with the federal government. People do not realize that in America, uh, Microsoft, all the big corporations, Amazon, maintain the intelligence cloud for all 17 intelligence agencies in America. The FBI, the CIA, you go down the list. They have access to everything the FBI has, and the FBI and CIA have everything, access to everything they have. What we've developed here is basically a censorship industrial complex. And that's why people today in America complain, what's happened to free speech? We can't say this word. We can't say that word. We get blasted. Uh, Social credit scores may not, that may not be the term. But in America today, if you say the wrong words, you you get booted off of Twitter, uh, Facebook, yeah. or anything just because you say the wrong word now. Right. And it's happening in public schools and colleges, by the way. People are afraid to say certain words. Uh, four or five years ago, I talked to some younger kids, and I asked them, well, you know, basically how school was. And they said, well, you know, I was telling them about free speech. They said, there's 10 words we can't say. And I said, such as, she said, well, the G word was one word. I said, oh, usually in America, in schools, you can't say God. I said, oh, God. And she said, no, no, no. I said, what's the word? And she said, I can't say it. I said, can you write it down? She wrote it down, it was guns. And I said, can I ask you a question? What do you call those uh, weapons that that the troops in Afghanistan carry, American troops? Are they Gs or are they guns? What do you call what the police carry? Are they G's or are they guns? So it's become an idiocracy in a way uh, in our country. And I've never seen it go so fast. I've been, like I said, I've been uh, practicing constitutional law for 40 years in this country. And I was early on a free speech advocate. I think free speech is the kindling fire to freedom. It keeps freedom alive. And what we're seeing today, though, they're, they're putting freedom out because what free speech does, it ignites, it can ignite people, it can correct people who are wrong. And the reason that the big corporations who are working with the government, by the way, very intimately to control everything, and that's what we have today, that's why we see everything is being is under surveillance, is they want your control. There's a really good movie by a director named John Carpenter called They Live, and Basically, I saw a quote from him, and after he made the movie, he says, I, I discovered that all, all the government wants is your money and control. That's right. all they want. Yeah. And uh, as you, if you've seen my books, again, I go into early fascism, Hitler and people like that, yeah. which has come forward, in my opinion. That's Philip K. Dick, the great sci-fi writer's terms. He says, history, you don't go back to history. It comes forward to you when you right. change. And we're seeing that happen today. Um, Hitler said it really well. He said that one of the best things for a leader is a sleepwalking people. 
zombies, in other words. Yeah. And today, when I go to like New York City or big cities, I see people crossing the street in a busy city, and they're all staring at their phone. I go into a restaurant and see two parents and three kids all staring at their phone. Folks, I'm telling you, those things are controlled from central agencies. Uh, and now with singularity and artificial intelligence coming, I mean, two Google executives recently resigned saying about artificial intelligence, we've created God. Right. They were freaking because they saw that this thing was going to be independent. It wasn't going to be something that you just pushed a button. It was going to start ruling. Elon Musk said it too. Yeah. He said, uh, it, was, it was a good quote, but he said, if you have a human dictator, that dictator will die and there will be a possibility of freedom. If you have an artificial intelligence dictator, it will last forever and it will be evil. And that's where we're headed. If we don't wake up, get control of what's going on in the so-called media, uh, get these people out of power that are controlling things and move back to our local communities. That's how America started, by the way. It was local communities that controlled things. When you have everything coming out of D.C., I ask people, when a bill comes out or something, some kind of law, they don't like it, or they do like it, I say, did you vote for that? Yeah. And they say, no. I said, well, you had no say so? Well, my representative. Well, let me tell you about your representative. <laughs> <laughs> he's paid by people with big money. He's run by it. The average congressman spends two to three days a week on the cell phones, whatever computers raising money. And we pay them to do that. They live like kings. They have limos, guards, and we're and the American public. And the American citizens today, many of us, why, homelessness is a huge problem in America. People can't afford that stuff. I think that's called houselessness now. They've changed the word, yeah. John. Yeah. <laughs> he got $31 trillion debt, America. $31 trillion. If I ran my organization, the Rough Institute, like that, I'd get fired. because, And I should. What in the world? They're funding wars. They're funding all this stuff. But listen, none of us did ever get to vote on it. Right. And... It, all that's gone. And the only hope that we have in this country, I mean, is just getting it back and getting our local governments to take control. And we have a 10th Amendment, which says the local governments can nullify acts of the federal government. And trying to get local governments to move is very, very difficult. Right. But we moved in here, and this is probably the most dangerous aspect I see in our country. We moved into martial law in this country. Yeah, I want to talk to you about this because when I read Battlefield America, First of all, I was shocked at um, how far back this goes and how early on you were tuned into this frequency uh, because this is going all the way back to the 80s. You document it all the way back. And this book was act actually published in 2015. But in Battlefield America, you talk about how police forces are being used to basically create a situation of martial law. And uh, we're seeing this very much so in... In, in Canada. But my question for you about this, John, is that um, if, if the police are being weaponized to create martial law, why is it the left uh, who, who keep wanting to defund the police? Why, they want to keep defunding the police? Yeah. Well, they don't defund the police. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> they can defund the police, but uh, they're not going to do that because every president, even the ones you cited, right. they back the police 100%. 
In fact, Biden is now calling for 100,000 new armored police, 80,000 new IRS agents, our tax wow. government agents, yeah. to be armed with bullets and guns and ready to move. Uh, um, the point is, and here's something that most people don't realize, I'm a former infantry officer. I served in the Army, and I trained troops how to shoot. I could not use hollow point bullets. They said I, it was just the thing that the, even they were saying we don't use hollow point bullets in America because they're inhuman. Because when they hit a spot like your arm or your head, they expand. John F. Kennedy was shot in the head with a hollow point bullet. Oh, Martin okay. Luther King, hollow point bullet. John Lennon, the Beatle, had four put in his chest. They make sure you're dead. Most of the governments had them, but uh, about six or seven years ago. The Department of Homeland Security in this country uh, actually had the ATK Corporation make hollow point bullets, especially for them, millions. And they every agency in our country basically now has hollow point bullets. Uh, they have all have SWAT teams now. The Department of Education has hollow point bullets. I can give you a list here. I can read. It. I got it right here. Uh, IRS, the Food and Drug Administration, the Small Business, Business Administration, the Social Security Administration, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, the Education Department in America, the Energy Department, the Bureau of Engraving and Printing, and down the list, all have plot teams and hollow point bullets. What in the world do they have? What's wrong? And what I've seen is there's a paranoia in the in the federal government. They're afraid there could be an uprising. They're ready for it. In fact, there's a 2030 video that the Pentagon actually has put out, a training video. And I've written on it. People should go to our website at rutherford.org, rutherford.org, and read some of this stuff. It's all heavily footnoted. We footnote everything. But they did a video, training video, basically saying at 2030, they think the country's going to break down. They're going to institute martial law. So they're getting ready for this. FBI works with local police chiefs, chiefs in this country and training them. And the FBI is very corrupt, by the way. Everybody knows that. If you've studied America, go back to the late 40s and 1950s, where it all started, when they were in, tracking down Frank Sinatra and all the big movie stars, Walt Disney, they were watching, you know. And, and it all came out in Nazi Germany, by the way. That's another thing that's in my book. I, I document that. Right. The FBI was just completely infatuated with Adolf Hitler yeah. and loved him, boy. It was like, he was like a little God to them. And uh, after the war, most people don't like Project Paperclip. Most people don't realize this. It's actually a fact, folks. Uh, we don't know how many, but at least several thousand top Nazis came into the United States at the end of World War II and infiltrated into our universities and, 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 and into uh, government agencies and stuff in this country. In fact, there was one former CIA agent, I read a, read a comment by her years ago, and she said, for a while in certain parts of the government she was working with in D.C., everybody had, had German accents. And she said it was a, it was just a mind-blowing thing to, to see. So this has been going on for a long time, folks. And the sleepwalking masses that Hitler liked, that's what we've become in a, America. And it may be the same in Canada. It is. It is, unfortunately. So, John, what is the end game? I know you talk about, for example, uh, there's this case in, uh, from Colorado, Counterman versus Colorado, before the U.S. Supreme Court. 
And uh, in this case, under the pretext of clamping down on online stalking, Colorado wants the power to be able to treat uh, expressive activities on social media as threats. So basically words as violence. Um, is this part of the end game using the, the police now to be able to clamp down on all forms of, of, of speech that the government would consider offensive or counter to their narrative? Is that the end game? Is this having us under com you know, complete control? Or how do you see this end game? Having been in this and watching this and fighting this fight for so long, what do you see as the end goal of the AI and all this control? Like, where is this all heading? Well, it's headed toward a... Uh... A dictatorship disguised as a democracy, basically. It's um, it's there. It's We're, we're already there. We're, we're seeing it. When America, when you have 80,000 SWAT teams annually occurring in the United States, and they shoot up to 500 dogs a day, the police, and all their gear they've got, they've got the guns, they have MRAPs. And they used to be really rare, right? You talk about that in your well, book. It used to be really yeah. rare for SWAT teams, and now they're everywhere. 1980s, there were 3,000 annually in America. Now they're over 80,000. Okay. And they have these welfare checks now in America where uh, if a neighbor reports somebody, the police will come to your door. In other words, if a neighbor thinks you're a little nutty or crazy, or you might, let's say you uh, dance backwards in your yard and a neighbor says, I think my neighbor's going nuts. You need to investigate him. The police are liable to show up. They can get shot, by the way. They also have knock and talks here in America where police come to people's doors in the middle of the night, and this actually happened, uh, and bang on people's doors at 3 a.m. in the morning. Old fellow comes to the door. He didn't. He thinks it's uh, he's getting robbed. He has an umbrella. The police said, oh, we thought it was the gun. They shot him through the window, and they get away with it. It's, they have qualified immunity here, the courts. I mean, we've had all kinds of cases that we've, we've tried, and you, the courts say, uh, sorry, the police get off. They have qualified immunity. Some of these the most egregious things. And uh, they get off on it, which is not healthy for anybody or a government agency especially. Right. They need to be held accountable to the law. And the law in this America, if you read the Fourth Amendment to our Constitution, says the government is supposed to stay out of your home unless they have specific uh, evidence that you've done something illegal or and a judge has approved a warrant. Right. And the police today doing these warrantless searches. In America, we have constitutional free zones now. Uh, the southern border and the northern border, 100 miles in is considered constitutional free zones. 25 miles uh, in, they do complete warrantless searches now in America. Oh. The people who wrote our constitution fought the British over those same ideas, and said, don't ever. George Washington said it best, probably. He said, do not allow a standing army on American soil. Mm -hmm. And what he was saying is, don't allow all these got people with guns and stuff, because once they put the black outfits on, by the way, I'm not sure, do they wear black outfits? And Yes, yes. It, there's a something to, to the blackness and the color that makes people very authoritative that's why when i was a kid growing up the police wore brown uniforms the black switch was darth vader type stuff basically right. yeah it's i'm very authoritative i mean i i've been in uh gee a couple places like new york city and walk up police to ask for directions and they're they're all like beefed up and big and got these black outfits on and they're just very unfriendly and i wanted to go well, gee maybe i should stop funding you 
and walk off. <laughs> and that's it. We pay their bills. Right. Americans don't get it. Right. And it's hard telling people because they're not raised in a freedom mode. And that's what right. we need. We need it in Canada. We need it uh, here. It's teach people that uh, the only hope you have in a so-called country going down are, are rebels. And what I mean by that is people who care about other people. They're willing to go out and speak the truth to power, those things, get arrested. And that's what we do at the Rutherford Institute, by the way. Mm -hmm. Well, I raise money to defend people who get arrested for just saying the wrong word in front of a policeman or marching yeah. in front of a what a building. Uh, you know, we, we have some very, very, people say weird cases, but cases where uh, people walk up with a sign saying, F the government. And... They, they, they've, they're threatened with arrest. And I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with Lenny Bruce, who was a great comedian. Yes, I've, I, yeah. yes very familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Like he said, if you can't say uh, F, F to F you, you can't say F to the government. And that's what he <laughs> meant was it's, it's a way to tell the power to back off. And free speech is, like I say, the hope. We got to get our kids to think free critically, but we're not going to have that as long as they're sucked into those cell phones the average american in this country watches 150 hours of screen devices a month there is no hope folks mm -hmm. they're going to be ruled by robots mm -hmm. coming very soon and already happening in my opinion you've uh i, I was reading uh, some of your uh periodicals john and um you, one of them you talked about this was written uh, in march you wrote a piece called the cost of the nation's endless wars how does that fit into this whole picture? Oh, well, it's the same thing. The country's going bankrupt. I mean, like I said, the debt is $31 trillion, and we're spending money here and there and sending 150 bases across the world. There's no way it's going to be sustained. And uh, that's the British Empire. You know, basically, they pulled back the bases around the world. It was a real smart move, and that's how they actually survived in the early days. Mm -hmm. uh, there have been other other uh, people who have not done that, and their countries have folded. Uh, and I think America, with the debt we got going today, and it's there's no way. I mean, they just keep throwing money here, throwing money there, giving it to foreign powers. But then again, the average American in this country has, has trouble getting uh, health care sometimes, buying food now. It's a mess, and, and right. homelessness in some cities has gotten so, or houselessness, if you want to call it that, has <laughs> gotten so bad that it's, it's, what does it say about the country? Yeah. You know, we can't, if the people can't afford to live here, you know, yeah. and they round them up, and there's another thing we haven't talked about. They have private prisons in this country, and the private prisons grab anybody, and they make products for Microsoft, you go down the right. list, big group. This and, was a shocking part of your book. I had yeah. no idea this was going on. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah, prisons here. And people forget Auschwitz and places like that, they were private prisons. They were run by corporations in right. Nazi Germany. And all set up very well and well done by Adolf Hitler and his his minions, if you want to call it that. Mm -hmm. And uh, But see, it's their view of people. That's the point. They view, they, you know, they just view basically uh, us as the herd. I mean, I, I, I think it was Henry Kissinger who said that once. He referred to 
the people and the planet as the herd. And I want to go, I want to, if he had been president, I want to say, are you part of the herd? And uh, <laughs> he's, the, uh, the fact that they view us as the herd is the thing. And they do view us that way, right. basically. We are, and John Carpenter said it, the director, they just want our money. They want control. They don't give a crap about us and our right. energy. And they want us working for them. And uh, it's uh, just so the people we we help across the country that get arrested for being on a street corner with a sign, stuff like that. They can't afford lawyers today. Lawyers are expensive and stuff like that. And we're out there trying to help people keep their freedoms alive. And we need more people like that that are willing to take a stand for freedom and get out there and be the rebel. Like I said, the rebel cares about other people. But here's the point I, I keep telling people too, is if you're willing to take a stand, you're going to get slapped in the head occasionally. So right. get ready. Right. Um, one of the things uh, also that um, that you, you talk about is um, harnessing the power of your discontent. Uh, this is a piece that, that you wrote uh, a few years ago. Um, and here you, you just mentioned, you know, this idea of being a rebel, of don't, don't be a zombie, right? How do, how do we harness the power of our discontent? How do we sort of focus that in a way that is going to be constructive and productive and is going to fight all this? You have some ideas about that? Yeah. I tell people education precedes action. Uh, get educated. First of all, in this country, we got, we have a great thing. It's called the bill of rights, learn the bill of rights. Teach your kids at home the Bill of Rights because the schools don't do a very good job of it. Uh, and teach them the basic fundamentals of America. The Declaration of Independence, by the way. And I was I was surprised I talked to kids that are graduating from high school. They've never read the Declaration of Independence. I'm going, well, but why they don't teach it, the schools, they don't want rebels. The Declaration of Independence basically says in this country, when it declared its independence from Britain and the, the American Revolution started, uh, uh, is that uh, we? if you don't like the government, if you think it's corrupt, you can throw it out, basically remove it and get rid of it. They don't want that. They want right. everybody to be buying products. And with the way the corporations have taken over now in this country, uh, uh, like I say, when you have Mark Zuckerberg and all those kind of people going into the White House eating dinner with the president, and they won't, they won't say what they met about. They won't tell the people. Uh, the corporations are working intimately, like I said, in D.C. in the so-called uh, deep state thing with all these billionaires. And again, I'm a very psychopathic people. I've met some of them, and I know they're psychopathic. In other words, they care about themselves and money, and they're very greedy. They want power. Mm -hmm. um, and the only way that will be broken down is by people standing up, marching into Washington, D.C., getting their local governments to basically tell the Get get FBI agents out of our community. Quit uh, sending our police grenade launchers and sniper rifles in communities of five thousand people. And MRAPs. You know, I don't know if you know what an MRAP is. No. But they're like tanks with big tires. They go through people's doors. They smash them down. This is what local police have today. That all started basically uh, twenty years ago. That's when it really gained power. And zoomed under Bush and Obama and stuff like that. It really did. And um, when you have the courts, like I said, saying that police have qualified immunity, in other words, they can't be held guilty for what they do, even shooting people down, we're in a mess. John, 
one other thing I'd like to get your take on is um, in Canada, we're hearing a lot about what's going on at the southern border in the U.S. and places like Texas, where basically uh, people are pouring in, not just from Central America, but from all over the world. And in Canada, we have a similar situation where basically a mass immigration. Our government, we're a country of only 38 million people, roughly the population of California, but they want to bring in a million and a half migrants just in the next year or so. How does that, how does this, this mass migration and, and, you know, not, not policing our, our national borders anymore, how does that fit within this whole plan, uh, this whole scheme for, for, for world domination and destruction of freedom? Well, what the, the people in power, we know that. They all set the new world order and all that stuff. Bush said it. When he let it out of his mouth, uh, people were like, what's that mean, new world order? They want a, a, a global state, basically. It'll be ruled by, again, billionaires, uh, either run out of whatever, the United Nations or whatever, wherever they'll be ru running it. And um, that's exactly what they want. And... Um, Having an independent country is not a good idea because independent countries can, can do all the things I'm saying. Get out of here. We don't want you here. Right. You're talking to the federal government or anybody, and they don't want that. They don't want independence. They want everybody dependent on one basic, basic stream. And like I say, with AI now taking over across the globe, by the way, and people don't realize it, but in this country, the National Security Agency, the NSA, has its Five Eyes program. It's it's got bases all around the world. They've set up a worldwide dome, basically, and they work with the Chinese government. Uh, Snowden, Edward Snowden, a couple of months ago, said he was basically shocked at how powerful and influential China has become. Yeah, and people don't realize it, but there's actually a Chinese police station now in New York City. We have a half dozen of them in Canada that we know about. Yeah. Yeah. Now, they're strong across America, too, in my opinion. And then you have the Confucius Institutes that are basically Chinese uh, educational units that are at American colleges, and Biden's now trying to provide funding for them. And I'm going, why would we want to mimic a country that locked people into concentration camps for saying the wrong word? Because that's where they want everything to be. Right. They want a sleepwalking people. They want zombies. Right. And they're doing a, a very good job of it, by the way, with the cell phones. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, and I've said it, we have less than a decade, and I'm not sure we can get out of this hole now. And again, there were the great writers like George Orwell who saw it coming. In America today, we're under total surveillance. Everything you say in your home now can be picked up by your phone. The FBI said this. We can turn your phone on, cell phone, at a, at a distance from a, quite a ways off and listen to everything you're doing in your home. Uh, we can turn your laptop on and watch you if it's mm. if the top's up. And uh, I had a uh, former NSA agent, National Security Agency, visit me once, and he, he had read Battlefield America. And he said he liked the book. He said, I see it. It's got everything, you know, and he says it's worse than you think. But before he would talk to me, this is great. He said, he said, I need a, an independent room. And I said, what do you, what do you mean by independent room? He said, uh, what about that room there? It was our boardroom. I said, okay, we went in and it was the landline. 
he unhooked the landline, pulled everything out, took everything outside the room. And I said, are you trying to tell me something? He said, yes. <laughs> In other words, he was saying the landlines, they can listen to you through the landlines now. Incredible. You have the smart television sets listening. I have people who say, I was talking about a product or something uh, the other day, and I went to my phone 10 minutes later, and I had ads on it poking at me. So AI is already starting to move in that direction. And again, um, I would say read the great thinkers of the day. If you've never seen the movie Blade Runner, that's a yes. really good Oh, yeah, absolutely. Harrison Ford. It, yeah. It's Philip K. Dix, but, but he was predicting, as he saw it, uh, a future of robotics. And that's right. where we're going. Elon Musk says, it's I, another quote from Musk, he says, I've been yelling it to people, but they won't see it or believe it till they see the robots coming at them down the street. In America, you have uh, the police in many cities now using robotic dogs. Right. They send the dog to the door. <clears throat> a robot to yeah. peck, peck, peck. And yeah. you've got to come up to the door. And what in the world? And they some of those dogs are actually have uh, machine guns on them. That's just the beginning, folks. You're getting a warning. Right. And if you don't get the warning, you're going to get blown away in the future. Yeah. And I tell people, if you care for your children, your grandchildren, your children are growing up today, start getting them oriented into a real world where they'll have a chance to think because pretty soon they're not going to be able to think. So this is uh, this is a, an interesting point, um, John, because as you know, uh, in the United States and also in Canada, right now we have very leftist leaders in, in power, let's face it. And uh, Mr. Biden and his government uh, are, are very unpopular, uh, as is Mr. Trudeau. But it seems to me that uh, the people on the other side of the question, let's call them conservatives or the right, um, they talk a lot about a regime change and how that's going to change everything. You know, Mr. Trump or Mr. DeSantis is going to come in or, or in Canada, Mr. Polivier. Um, to me, based upon what you've written and what I'm looking at and listening to you, that's wrong-headed. In, in other words, we shouldn't be staring at the tops of the trees. We've got to be looking at the roots, as you're saying. If we're going to make these changes, we, we, we can't put our faith, as C.S. Lewis uh, once famously wrote, we, we, we should never put too much faith in one man, one person, because that's, that's, that's going to lead us astray. So the, the answer to this is not a regime change, is it? No, because the as said, the studies show that uh, D.C., Washington, D.C., the federal government is run by 585 billionaires. And if you see somebody as president, that means they approved of that person. And that right. means that person bowed the knee before them. And it's all about money, by the way. It's like say Washington, D.C. is about money. And um, it's when you. You look at some of the congressmen up there, or this is the, some of them have actually been questioned about our constitution. They can't tell you anything about it. And I say, I, I'm saying, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we make them take a test on the constitution before they take office? And uh, why can't I just get on the phone and call them or once in a while or one of their assistants and talk to them? They used to come to communities and, and hold meetings occasionally. They stopped doing that because people would come and go. We disagree. You know, they don't want to hear free speech. Right. Um, and it's like I say, we, we have less than 10 years. And I'm really concerned because 
I gotta say, the kids coming up today, they are so addicted to their cell phones that thinking independently is going to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. They're they're just watching what they want to watch, and they're not being challenged to think. And um, the greatest thinkers I've ever known. You mentioned Mark Twain, C.S. Lewis, people like that. They were thinkers and they were always challenging people and they were always being challenged. And um, we just, if we don't do that, then there is no freedom in China. I mean, in Canada or anywhere and allowing the Chinese governments and other governments to invade your, your homeland with any kind of thing, governments that don't believe in freedoms at all. And, I think, again, like I say, uh, as the, the director Carpenter said, they want control. That's why the surveillance. They want to be able to watch whatever you do. They're heavy into pre-crime now, by the way. Pre-crime. They want to see if they can... Uh, police, right? Yeah, they want to make yeah. sure, you know, the movie Minority Report, yes. which is another based on another Philip K. Dick book, uh, is the idea that they want to get you before you commit a crime. Well, what was crimes in Orwell's book. You had thought crimes. And that's right. what we're at today. Right. Like I'm saying, when I have people call me and say they were removed, they were removed from Facebook for saying this word or that word, I'm saying thought crimes, basically. Mm-hmm. You don't have to agree with somebody to allow it to be done. Again, we want people to think critically. And if they don't get challenged, they want. But we're in the thought crime mode already. Mm-hmm. We're way down the way. And um it's uh, talking to younger people today. Some of the things I'm saying, they look at me like, "Whoa, what have you been doing? What drug you on? You know, are right. you crazy?" Yeah. And I, well, the drug I'm on is called, uh, you know, education and reading and reading in different viewpoints and stuff like that, right. so that I know, you know, hopefully, and looking at the facts of what's mm-hmm. going on. And um, I mean, when you see, uh, like I say, the borders breaking down, homelessness, martial law, when you have these agents all armed with grenade launchers, and they actually they actually have cloaking devices now. I don't know if you know that. No, incredible. Yeah, you know, they could actually pull up in front of your house, and they have, some of them have cloaking, but you can't see the car. Incredible. That's been admitted by the Department of Homeland Security. Wow. wow. Things are moving very, very yeah. rapidly, and again why this discussion is good and your listeners are listening, I hope is it's education precedes action, right? Get down there and get some of this stuff corrected folks. It's up to you. And, you know, if let's say there is a judgment day and you have to go before God or whatever. And I'd rather for that entity to say, to look at me and go, well, you may have been a little heavy here, heavy there, but at least you tried to do the right thing and you go. But the thing is, a lot of it, just laying back and letting it happen um, yeah. and going, uh, I just watched the next episode of Baganza or whatever I'm watching <laughs> and uh, let it be that, you know? Yeah. And that's what we're teaching the kids. They just, you know, again, sit and watch, sit and watch, sit and watch. And entertainment, by the way, I just say it's slavery. Yeah. It worked. Entertainment right. is slavery. You know, it, they love it. I mean, well, how did the Romans? Yeah, I'm telling people if you just say a little history, bread and what circuses. Did the Romans call it bread yeah. and circuses. That's right. Yeah, that's how they controlled the people. <laughs> yeah. What are we today? Breads and circuses. It's 
all this media, the sports and all the things they're yeah. flooding at us all the time. Things, but what, I mean, okay, you might like sports, but here's the point. What, how does that help your thinking? How does that help your freedom thoughts? You know, if that's all you're into, folks, you're a slave to the screen devices. You're merging with it, basically. Right. And that's what they want. They want us to merge with those devices. And the way it's coming, like I say, with uh, artificial intelligence, and uh, if, like I say, your listeners, look up the Singularity program. Uh, Google has said that by 2030, artificial intelligence is going to fuse with the human mind. Right. And we're not going to be able to think if we allow that. Yeah. And you got Elon Musk has his chips, his neural links and stuff. They're ready to link us into computers. It's, well, not it's, a wonder, humans. It's, it's a wonder they haven't tried that on uh, Mr. Biden. He seems to need the, need the help. <laughs> <laughs> he may need it. Yeah. yeah. So, John, I wanted to turn and talk about um, uh, a couple of your books. Obviously, we, you've talked about Battlefield America. Another wonderful book called The Government of Wolves, The Emerging American Police State. You've talked somewhat about that, but there was one other book I read that I really, really enjoyed uh, uh, that you wrote called Grasping for the Wind. Uh, and uh, this book is just wonderful. And uh, the description is um, one of the nation's most intriguing and controversial Christian thinkers uh, writes a history of 20th century culture, where we've been, where we're going, and holds it up to the standard of God's eternal truth. Would you mind talking about that book a little bit? Because it's a bit of a departure from from what you from your other books. But by the same token, I, I think you'll agree what you're talking about in grasping for the wind is sort of the foundation, what underpins uh all of our ideas about freedom and about truth and reality, right? Is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, you get an idea. Uh I named the organization last founded it over 40 years ago after a guy named Samuel Rutherford. Scottish minister who uh, attacked the British crown and kings and they were going to execute him. He died before he died on his deathbed before they could get to him. And when he was dying, he looked up and said, the day I go where priests and kings cannot. And he passed away. John Witherspoon, who was the only minister who signed our Declaration of Independence, studied Rutherford and put, tried to put his principles into action. And it was the basic idea of inalienable rights that God gives us basically everything that we have. Uh, inalienable is a word that means non-transferable. In other words, uh, we are born with rights. We can't give them. We can give them away, but we can, we always have them. Right. We can hide them, and we can pretend we don't have them. We can salute Adolf Hitler or salute Joe Biden or whoever, but we have those rights. They're always there. And that's what Rutherspoon taught and uh, through uh, Rutherford. And the key here is that uh, the people who wrote our Constitution believed in that, Judeo-Christian right. values. You read uh, the Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson, he said it very clearly. You know, we have inalienable rights that come from God. Right. And uh, you can't take them away. Governments cannot take them away. And as I was looking to modern culture as it was moving through and why I wrote that book, grasping for the wind was because I was seeing how we were, how that was being thrown out, that everything was being pushed away on those ideas. And as we've done that, as we've done that, uh, go back to history, folks. I'm going to go back to Adolf Hitler, the old Soviet union and places like that. They threw all that out the window. 
the Chinese communists. They don't want that. They don't want people saying, I have inalienable rights. Get out of my home right now, Mr. Agent. Mm -hmm. They don't want people thinking like that. And if you believe that, that you have these inalienable rights, and I do believe it, and I, I know we have them, uh, we need to teach our kids that, they need to be taught in the schools, and get those back. And that's why I wrote that book. Yeah. That reminds me of a, a quotation um, from uh, Dennis Prager. He said, where God is, men are free, and where God is not, men are slaves. So, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that book. I, actually, all, all three of the books that, that, that uh, I read of yours, uh, I quite enjoyed. And I really enjoyed this time with you today, John. I know you're very busy. Thank you for taking your time and to uh, expand yourself into your, hopefully, Canadian audience. Uh, and uh, thank you so much for being our special guest today on, on Grey Matter. This has been a really illuminating conversation. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir, very much. 